Welcome to the Life Church Sermon Podcast. We're a church based in North Dallas with a desire to help people love God, love people, and make a difference. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. I'm going to be reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And while you're turning in your Bibles or launching your, your Bible app, I um, just want to say it's good to see the Cantu family here today. We love you very, very much. We're praying for you in this difficult time. Once the arrangements are made for Brother David, we will be sharing those, but families decided to wait until after the new year. We will be in communication about that. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, one short verse of Scripture in your reading. I'm going to let you be seated, and I, I plan to be brief today. All right, just because you said it, I'm going to take my time. He blew it for y'all, sorry. (laughs) 2 Corinthians 9 and 15 says, this is the Apostle Paul. Here's what he said. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. The King James says it like this. Thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift gift. I want to preach to you just for a few minutes today, the indescribable gift. God bless you. You can be seated. You see, Christmas is more than just a day. Really, it's it's the most historic. It marks the most historic day in in history, it is the wonder of all of the ages. But really, when you get down to it, Christmas is the ultimate expression of the love of God. John chapter 3, verse 16 sums it up like this For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's what Christmas is about. That's what Christmas means. So when you think about it, it really is indescribable beyond comprehension. The fact that God loved you and I so much that he came. He didn't send a representative He didn't send an ambassador. He didn't send a stand-in. No, he came. Miracle of all miracles is that God, the great God of creation, the God of the universe, that he manifests himself in flesh, and he became like one of us. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19 says, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them. Is anybody thankful for that? That God doesn't count your trespasses against you? But instead, what does he give you? He gives you his righteousness. But he says, not imputing their trespasses to them, but he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. What an amazing, amazing thing to try to be able to understand that God was in Christ. 
And he was in Christ for the sole purpose of reconciling the world unto himself. Church, listen, we couldn't do it ourselves. We couldn't save ourselves, so God took it upon himself to come and to save us. And because of that, Christmas represents the greatest gift ever given to all of humanity. Christmas is about God giving of himself unconditionally and completely. That is the wonder of the incarnation. But here in our text in 2 Corinthians 9, when Paul thought of the incarnation, God becoming flesh, that's what that word means. When Paul thought of this great gift of God, here's what Paul had to say. He called it an indescribable gift. I wonder if there's anybody here today who maybe you've ever received a gift and it left you speechless. So, so shocking, so surprising. I, I walked outside today and I expected to see, you know, a brand new car with a bright red bow on it, but it wasn't there. Those commercials, you know, I mean, does that really happen? But you know, I mean, that gift that leaves you without words. And, and, and you know, I, I remember one such occasion when I was a young child, and it was on it was on Christmas Eve, as a matter of fact, and that that's when traditionally we would have our family Christmas. That's kind of what we did. We had gifts with the family on Christmas Eve, and we'd get a stocking, you know, on on Christmas morning. And that's how our mom and dad did it, and and so we were there in our our gift exchange, mom and dad giving us their gifts, and us kids giving gifts to one another, and the mom and dad. But at the very end, all, all the presents from under the tree were gone. All the all all the wrapping, you know, all the beautiful bows and everything had been destroyed, and and there was now a garbage bag full of wrapping paper and we all had our stacks of things and toys and but there was this one small gift that was left and that gift was reserved for my mother and the gift was contained in a in a little small box and and what was in that that gift I believe I believe it was a replacement wedding ring, or, or maybe it was an upgraded wedding ring. My, my oldest daughter, Breely, now has that ring as a, as a keepsake uh, from, from my mother. But, but when my mother opened that box and when she, she saw that gift in that moment, there were absolutely no words. She was, she was surprised. She was shocked. She was thinking, Richard, how much money did you spend on this? And her, her mouth was, was open and nothing was coming out of her mouth, but there was something coming out of her eyes. There, there were tears that were flowing, and there I was as a little boy, not really grasping the moment, not really understanding what was happening. I hadn't seen my mother like this before. I hadn't seen her not be able to form words, but there she, there she was. And, and I'm thinking in my little childlike mind, is she happy or is she sad? She's crying, but she's smiling. Is, is she glad or is she mad? And I really wasn't sure in that moment because she was completely at a loss for words. 
And church, that sense of awe that, that, that renders one absolutely speechless, that is what the Apostle Paul had in mind when he described the wonder of the incarnation. The Greek word that is used there that is translated as indescribable or unspeakable in the King James, it's really a unique word, and I want you to pay attention to this. That word, the Greek word for indescribable, it appears nowhere else in the Bible, only in this one place. As a matter of fact, it appears nowhere else in Greek literature until the Apostle Paul used it here in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. As a matter of fact, some scholars, some biblical scholars believe that the Apostle Paul actually made up a new word that he actually coined a new word in this passage. When he was thinking about God becoming flesh, when he was pondering the wonder of the incarnation, the incredible miracle of Christmas, it was so unfathomable. It was so inexplicable. It was so unspeakable. It was beyond explanation that Paul literally made up a word to try to communicate the magnitude of what God did. You know, and actually, we, we derive the meaning of this word from the way that it is used later in, in literature. That's where the definition comes from. And taking their cues from the Apostle Paul, later writers would use that same word to signify something, and we'll put it on the screen for you. And here's what it came to mean. It came to mean something that is too wonderful for words, a truth that cannot really fully be told, a truth that cannot adequately be expounded upon. It can't be completely understood, a story that is so amazing that it amazes the mind and it inspires worship and praise over and over and over again. That's the wonder of the incarnation. But can I tell you today that there's no more fitting word to sum up the wonder of Christmas because it is absolutely, we can try, but really it is absolutely indescribable. It is unspeakable. When we consider the idea that the ancient of days was wrapped in swaddling clothes, or are you, are you tracking, are you trying to picture this, or are you trying to, are you trying to grasp it today, that the, the, the God of all ages, that he was laid in a manger, in a, in a feed trough, and when we think about that, we have to stand back in awe, absolutely speechless, because there are no words, church, to adequately describe the wonderful gift of God. When we think about his unspeakable presence and how he healed the sick and how he raised the dead and the miracles and the wonders that he performed in his lifetime. Listen, he multiplied fishes and loaves in his own hands. He turned water into the very best wine. Signs and wonders followed him as he preached a message of love and hope. He showed compassion to a woman caught in the act of adultery, and he turned away a violent mob just with a few well-spoken words. We find that he praised a widow for giving her two mites. 
He cast 6,000 demons out of the demoniac of Gadara. Listen, never was there anyone like the Messiah. So full of grace, so full of compassion, so full of truth, so willing to help the hurting. He put the glory of God. Jesus put the glory of God on full display for all of us to see. But even more than that, he made God accessible. God came near, Emmanuel, God with us. Even to that lowly Samaritan woman at the well, that woman that nobody else wanted to have anything to do with, he became accessible. Even to the disease-plagued leper, he became approachable and accept- accessible. He made a way where there was no way for the likes of you and me so that we could know God. Truly, it's an indescribable gift. 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 tells us, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that that through his poverty you might become rich. Let me remind you today that he became poor. He decreased. He lowered himself. He humbled himself. He became poor so that we could become rich in glory. He abandoned the splendors of heaven so that you and I could go to heaven one day to make it possible for you and I to walk streets of gold one day. He came to pay an unspeakable price, the just for the unjust, the innocent for the guilty. Listen, it was an unfair exchange all the way around. He laid down his life so that you and I could know eternal life. The prophet Isaiah said this about him in Isaiah 53, beginning with verse 4. Surely he has borne our griefs. You're written into this passage, all right? I want you to see it today. Surely he has borne our griefs, and he carried our sorrows Yet we esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, and he was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And what has the Lord done? He's laid on him, on Jesus, on the Messiah, the iniquity of us all. So when I stop to consider the wonder of Christmas, when I stop and give myself enough space and pause to think about what it really means when I when I contemplate the price that was paid so that so that was paid so that you could be free and so that I can be free listen it makes me begin to understand a little bit about how such an educated person such as Paul with the full extent of the Greek language at his disposal how this man would struggle to find a word to adequately describe it all The wonder 
and the amazement that would drive the Apostle Paul to summarize his feelings by coining a brand new word. And the best translation we have for it is simply this. It's too wonderful for words. It's too wonderful for words. Truly, it is indescribable. It defies explanation. It's beyond description. The unspeakable power of God that saves a poor wretch like me. Listen, Christmas is about so much more than maybe what some of you experienced last night or maybe this morning or you're going home to experience with your family this afternoon. Christmas is about so much more than beautifully wrapped packages and, 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 and ribbons and, and, and gift giving. It's, it's so much more than that. Christmas is about the greatest gift of all, the gift of God to us. It's about the gift of salvation. It's about the most incredible miracle of all time, the miracle of redemption. Listen, Christmas is about the greatest story, the most wonderful story ever told, the story of amazing grace. And that story is so sweet in my ears. How about you today? I don't deserve him. I could not earn his goodness and his love, but because of his amazing grace. And when I really think about it, church, I find myself right there in the company of the Apostle Paul because no words can express it. My vocabulary is insufficient. Because it's an indescribable gift. Would you stand with me right now as we close this service? I want you to know today that this indescribable gift that I'm talking to you about, listen, it, it, it's so much more than a babe in a manger. It's more than the Christ on the cross. The power of God is not confined just to the Lord's power to save the lost but it's also about the blessing of provision if all we had was the hope of heaven the Bible says we'd be most miserable that's the beauty of Christmas that he comes to where we are he gets in the middle of our mess He cares about what you care about. So that's the, that's, that's the wonder of Christmas today. It's about His provision in every moment of our lives. You see, the cross does more than just save your soul. The cross opens up the windows of heaven to the bountiful blessings of God now. Listen, here's what Philippians 4.19 says. It says, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Oh, what an indescribable promise that is. That our God says, hey, if you've got a need, I'm the answer. If you've got a problem, I'm the solution. 
If you've got a circumstance too big for you, I'm bigger than that circumstance. I'll provide all your need. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you were inspired by today's sermon. Connect with the Life Church through our website, TLCDallas.com, and on Facebook and Instagram at TLC Dallas. Remember, together we can love God, love people, and make a difference. God bless.